This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. What's up, guys? Welcome to Masters of the Sin. We're putting the sin in cinematic today. Cinematic <laughs> universe. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. I just want to put a uh, eight screens of disclaimers before we start this episode. That uh, <laughs> you should. You should. Yep. We uh, apologize to anybody who sucks. Um, but think about the platypus. <laughs> and you know, if I offended the platypus, go fuck yourself. Go. Fuck you, so strong words. My God. I do like the disclaimers uh, at the beginning of today, though. It's, it's very important because some people get real triggered about certain things, and you know, you should know ahead of time that we don't care. We do yeah, not. Yeah, that's the it's best not way like, to sum this up. It's, it's not that we, you know, are sorry we offended you, or we. Right. I, I never apologize for comedy. That's the word comedians, first of all. I was like, a comedian said this once. He goes, The second you apologize for a joke, you'll spend the rest of your career apologizing. That's what happened to Gilbert Godfrey. He apologized for a joke instead of fucking doubling down and just having balls, and then everyone got up his ass about it. You know? Never yeah. apologize for a joke. If you said that shit, fucking stand behind it. Well, listen, I'll apologize for a joke if it hurts somebody's feelings. Nope. That's where I that's, that's my the point of jokes. Saying. The point of jokes are to hurt people's feelings. Well, no, that's not the point of jokes, but Nah, but but I'll also qualify that too. If your feelings shouldn't have gotten hurt, then fuck you. Yeah. Because right. there's there's definitely a, you know, I don't know. But but the 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 the, the if it's funny, disclaimers it's funny. are important. It is funny, it's funny. Um yeah, I have a feeling like the Catholic League is not going to be thrilled with today's episode. Who? Nope. <laughs> it's Catholic League. Doug's you know, brother like a, might have a problem with this. He might. He Are you might. kidding me? He's 100% behind this fucking movie. Is he? 100%. That's it's about him. The real JC loves this movie. Well, yeah, because it portrays him in the best light possible. Exactly. That's Thank true. You. That's true. It, it's, yeah. it's, uh, oh, I can't wait. And to it get even into has, it, we, we even have all anus more set today. <laughs> Be I, I, yeah, Be yeah. What are you do? What are you doing? That's um, from um. That's from Letterkenny. Like they're watching a porn parody of like people, and one of the ones he sees is called All Anus Morissette. Shock! They're they're shitting on Canadian Alanis Morissette. Yeah, well, they're Canadian, so like you know. Well, yes, they are. Allegedly. 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 <laughs> that's a line from that show too. How did you know that? Have you been watching? I haven't seen the latest, but I have watched. I am familiar with Letterkenny. It is a very funny show. Love the openings. Love it's a cleverly written show and i love um it's what's his face i i'm bad with names of characters but the bigger dude allegedly yeah him <laughs> him uh, he's, squirrely a, dan. he's a stand-up he's, he's a stand-up comedian he's super fucking funny too i've seen his bit about the captain crunch oh yes. have you seen that yes. it's really good like i'm a fan of stand-up and he has a really funny bit if you haven't seen it look it up it's just him you know just just really confused about the difference between Canadian and American cereals yep. in Canada. They only have cap and crunch, but in America there's like five different kinds of cap and crunch. One is oops, all 
what is it? Oops, all, all berries. Uh, all berries. Yeah, yeah, it's all crunch berries. Crunch That's right, berries. crunch berries. And he's like, what the fuck is a crunch berry? It's very funny. Um, but man, I'm, we're digressing hard. I'm excited to get into this movie, but first we have to quickly address what's new with all of us. What's new, pussycat? Joe, what's new, man? Ah, oh, what is new with me? My life sucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I got Ant Man today, so I was watching that this morning, and it yeah, still yeah. reminds me of Star Wars. And it, I'll tell you what, you know, watching it not in the theater did like took a couple points away. I would have gave it watching it on the regular screen because <laughs> I think some of the points I would have gave it came from the theater experience and That's just fair. being excited for a Marvel movie. So. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really hoping we have the Shang Chi effect where Guardians of the Galaxy is like ridiculously good because the movie that preceded it wasn't. It looks I can't really see good. It not being great. I just can't. I can't. I have, yeah. I have such faith in James Gunn that I can't see it being that good. Yeah. Uh, and it gave me the the trailer goosebumps, and that's always yes. important. You know, yeah. like if you can yeah. goosebump me from your trailer, you're already winning. So I've been watching the show called Florida Man, which is pretty good uh, on Netflix. I had a feeling you would be all in on that show. Well, you know, you know it's written, it's uh, directed by Clark Gregg, and he has a good, uh-huh. a good, he's got a good role in it too. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's 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 interesting. It's not very long. It's only six episodes, six or seven episodes total. So it's not like a long watch, uh, but it's fun. It's not it's, a comedy. Yeah, yeah, it's not a comedy. It's it's supposed to be a very serious uh, drama situation, which yeah. is interesting. It's pretty cool. Uh, I liked it. Um, Clark Gregg is actually the comic relief of the movie of the show, of the show, because he spends okay. his entire time in Florida trying to buy a gun and he can't buy one. Well, that's fiction. <laughs> and then he yeah, just exactly. gets pissed off about how he can't buy a gun and he's in Florida. He's like, "I'm in Florida. Why can't I buy a gun?" Um, every, every time I've been to Florida, I've bought a gun. And one of the funniest lines he's at a gun show. Um, but well, just to give it, he's a cop from out of state. Like he's an out of state cop, and his gun gets stolen that he brought with him to Florida. So the whole <laughs> show he's trying to buy a gun because he does He feels like naked without it. Basically, um, he's like, I can't be in Florida and not have a gun. And he goes <laughs> to a gun show, and like everyone keeps telling him no. Like there's a three day period. He's like, Why in the hell can a cop not buy a gun in Florida, but anyone else can? And as he says this, you see all the people around him start hiding the AR 15s and stuff. <laughs> it's pretty good. Okay, I'll check it out, man. I uh, I've been watching. I cried over the Picard finale, which I knew yes. I would. Yep. Um, oh god, it was so good. I cried over a lot of things. I'm I'm uh I'm four weeks into this like not walking scenario that I'm in, and I have crutches, so it's it's not like it's not like totally not walking. It's just um I had a little bit of depression happen towards the beginning where like I couldn't get out of my bed, mm-hmm. and. Uh, got through that so i'm 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 feeling super positive uh i'm kicking ass and pt and uh yeah but i did watch a lot of fucking tv and a lot of movies and uh what i wanted to mention <laughs> it's hard to, i'm it's sorry hard, i it's, i gotta i gotta share um you have to while eric yeah. is describing his week mm-hmm. we get to watch joe eat a raw hot dog Yes. I'm raw dogging it. That's not a euphemism. And don't worry, I'm going to finish it up with a cream pie, so we're all good. Exactly. In the most Joe way, like, if you know Joe, if you know Joe in real life, if you know Joe from this show, you understand how Joe is eating this fucking hot dog. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't have to slap a hot dog against your cheek to eat it, Joe. (laughs) That was a choice. That was a deliberate. I'm getting deeply personal 
And this motherfucker is yeah, he's deep throat in a fucking raw dog. Just <laughs> taking it. Just fucking taking it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, delicious too. I know. Ah, I know. I gotta I gotta say, uh, just think I was thinking about sausage party the whole time. Yeah, but you guys didn't like sausage party. I so like I, I like this one. I can't wait to re-rate sausage party so I can give it a better score than I gave it. Oh. Yeah. I feel like there was some peer pressure going on. I might on drop here. mine down some more. I, I was going to say, you might, you might not want that to happen, Eric. I mean, we eventually will rewrite everything. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Look for the uh, our very first re-ratings episode a few episodes back where we like, did the first 10 movies we had ever done on the show. Like, just right now, if I was to re-rate Doug, like, Doug's looks, like, when we started the show, he was at an A. Now he's like an A++++. Oh, yeah. Doug is, is getting, he's like a fine wine. I get better with age, baby. Yeah. I do. All right. Sorry for interrupting your day with my my hot doggery. No, that's okay, man. Um, yesterday, well, yesterday in real time, but last week in in podcast time, went to uh, the BDM event out in Foco. Oh, that's it. Looked, it looked fun. It was fun, man. I had a really great time. I saw a bunch of old friends. Met some new friends. It's a really tight knit community. Yep. It feels very punk rock. So there's a lot of that going on. Um, I actually sang karaoke with Samantha. That was um, cool. nice. that was that was fun. It's slightly embarrassing. <laughs> What'd and, you say? Uh, did a cute without the e? Oh, that's right. You were telling me about this last time. Yeah, you know what? You know what's hard to sing as an almost forty year old man is early two thousand screamo. Oh, I could nail that whole album. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, next time we go, we're gonna do that entire album in karaoke. Let's do it, man. I'm game. I'm game. I got some practice under my belt. Yep. Um, yeah, I, yeah. It was. It you was saying a, we should do like. MOTCU karaoke one night. Don't tease me. Don't fucking tease me. I'll play. I'll Bluetooth the track in behind us and we can just sing. Let's do it. Let's do it. Latency be damned. I don't think we'll have any problems now we're doing it through Zoom. All right. I'm in. Um, My wife will be freaked out, though, if she hears me screaming from the next (laughs) room. (laughs) Just so you know. Uh, Bring her and let her sing too. Wake my kids up to be like, what the fuck is happening around here? Um, yeah, so it was a good time. Thank you so much to uh, Tom and Dan, the whole crew, uh, Eric and and Samantha and Tony and Deb, everybody who puts those things on. Um, it's a lot of work behind the scenes. They've yeah. always been really good to me and uh, to our show. You know, they plug us on on their much bigger and more listened to podcast, which we so <laughs> so appreciate. Yeah, every time um, I hear it, I'm like, this uh, say us. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, Wowie I mean, wooey those guys are the real deal man and and uh it's always cool when you meet people who are in a position like that who are you know it's, it's that thing of like never meet your heroes like i've been listening to these guys talk for years and years and years oh yeah they're genuinely good people um Dude, i'm going I, on 20 years of listening to dan talk yeah 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 really really just a sweet dude they're really nice and supportive so thank you to them yeah and i'll kick it over to my man doug what's new with you What's new with me? Um, well, I yeah, I'm playing bachelor this week. Eric is traveling. She's going to visit family in Sweden. So just me and my son, Dan, we're hanging out. Um, so I've been watching a lot of TV. <laughs> and I'm saying it's like she's only it's Sunday. She's only been gone since Thursday night. But <laughs> I I binge watched the entire show and I would recommend this show. Uh, Daisy Jones and the Six on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're a, if you're a fan of Almost Famous. You'll dig this show. I'm getting pissed at Amazon because they started introducing commercials for some reason. Really? Yeah, it's like pr- free with commercials. Mm. Mine doesn't. 
That's weird. Maybe certain yeah, shows. Prime? Yeah, which is it started doing this all of a sudden because I, I we used to watch uh, Grand Tour every night, and like all of a sudden it started having commercials, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, it didn't it didn't happen with with Daisy Jones. Okay, so I'm gonna check ten it out. episodes, ten episodes in a day. <laughs> That's what I did yesterday. Nothing wrong with that. Um, did eight episodes before recording just surprised me and two episodes after. Nice. <laughs> but it's a really good show, definitely. Um, it's it's uh, original music they wrote for the show, for this band, this fictional band of the 70s. And um, it's a good story, definitely. So I would, I would highly recommend that. And I'm four episodes into Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and it's really good. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I like Strange New Worlds, dude. I'm digging that a lot. It's fun. Because it does a great job of paying homage to the original series. Setting up a lot of stuff. But in a modern, great way, you know? Um, So well done. Plus, I love uh, Anson Mount as Pike. You know, it's funny. I didn't... I always had a problem with him, and I don't know why, but this... He was born to play Christopher Pike. Yeah. He's perfect. He is. He's so good as Pike. So I dig him now. I dig him a lot. They do know? such a good job at casting Star Trek shows. I don't know what it yeah, is. They just cast them so well. Um, there's very rarely a person that I feel like has been like miscast in those shows. Oh, I agree. I agree. So, yeah. So it's just been, I've just been hanging out watching TV, like, which I don't mind. Like on Picard, cool. like the people they got to play, you know, the original TNG crew, they did such a great job getting those people. Like getting those, yeah. They, they did. They they played an homage to the original so well. Like yeah, it yeah, really looked well. like a thirty year, year fucking older version of themselves, right? Yeah, the CG, the they, big yeah. big CG buzz. And, and what they did to get that Enterprise D looking good again? <laughs> oh. When they, they went actually the turn the lights on, unlike the movie. I, I like when he walks. Goes, I missed the carpet. <laughs> that was the best. But that was the best <laughs> line of that episode. Holy shit! Yeah. So good. Uh, and then at the uh, end, when they 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 changed the Titan to the Enterprise G, I was like, ah, yes. that's fucking dope. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know that that next generation show is is a real sacred cow to a lot of people. I mean, that's you know watching that show is almost a religious experience. You grew mm-hmm. up on it, especially me, dude, as a '90s kid. My yeah. dad was super into that show. And yeah. so it would just be on all the time. I'll admit it didn't always catch my attention at that age because I was more of a Star Wars kid. Um, and Star Wars is is directly aimed at kids. It's very fantasy. Whereas, you know, uh, Star Trek is very science and, and humanist and all of these, you know, sort of heavier concepts. Mm-hmm. But man, I, I love it a lot. It's, uh, you know, like I said, it's almost like going back to church. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said though, like they fucking blew their fan service load in the show. Like they were just like, ah, fuck it. It's like we're going, we're going all in. And like I like that approach. You know what? Normally I'm like not a fan of fan service because they don't do like they don't do it right. But this one, they're like, mm-hmm. fuck it, we're just gonna give you it all. They're like, we're not gonna slow down. You're gonna, you're not, we're not fucking edging you. You're gonna fucking finish. No. By the way, Eric, your attempt was noted. <laughs> <laughs> He tried to segue in, Joe. I'm so disappointed. In I don't Joe. care. I, I was like talking about Picard right now. I, mean, I haven't got to talk about it because I was waiting for everybody to fucking finish watching it. Will won't <laughs> fucking watch it. Eric didn't watch it for a week. <laughs> Only did. me and Doug watched it. I'm I'm fully I'm fully caught up. I I am, but now I'm ready to watch all the other Star Wars or Star Wars all the other Star Trek that you've been talking about. So yep, I'm excited about that. But yes, I was segueing, motherfucker. I was talking about. <laughs> church and religion and shit and the reason for that is because our movie this episode is 1999's Nine. dogma 
Nine. Do you have, do you have the, the disclaimer part written out like in front of you where you can read it? No, because I tried to find it somewhere on Google and I couldn't. And I wasn't going to go back and like oh, screen no. cap it. So, well, um, I, I might do that then because I have it right here. I don't know if the audio is going to come through, but I will do this my best here for this to start. All right. So, starts out with a disclaimer. And that disclaimer says one, is the definition of disclaimer a renunciation of any claim to or connected with two to disavow or three a statement made to save one's own ass the next screen says though it will go without saying 10 minutes or so into these proceedings view ask you would like to state that this film is from start to finish a work of comedy fantasy not to be taken seriously to insist that any of what follows is incendiary or inflammatory is to miss our intention and pass undue judgment and passing judgment is reserved for God and God alone. This goes for you film critics too. Just kidding. The next screen is coming on there. They give you a lot of time to read this actually. It's fair. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. It's actually a fair amount of time to read the screen. All right, here we go. So please, before you think about hurting someone over this trifle of a film, remember, even God has a sense of humor. Just look at the platypus. Thank you and enjoy the show. But wait, we sincerely apologize to all platypus enthusiasts out there. They may be offended by the thoughts and comments about the platypi, but we have viewers ask you respect the noble platypus and it is not our intention to slight these stupid creatures in any way. Thank you and enjoy the show. So yeah, we do get that disclaimer at the beginning of this movie. It's pretty and funny. Yeah, it's funny, but it was also a real concern. Like there was a lot of heat that came with this movie. So, you know, they're trying to be disarming right up front. Like, you know, don't get too, too, too mad or bent out of shape. Um, but people still did. We'll talk about it. Uh, again, this is dogma. It's hard to find a copy of this movie. Unless you're um, Joe. Unless you're Joe and you got some secret fucking 90s hacker skills. Yep. It's tough. It's not streaming anywhere. It's uh, It's been discontinued on DVD. So it's one of those, you know, it's it's hung up in movie limbo where, you know, Harvey Weinstein still owns the rights to this thing. And uh, it's a, t- that, a ridiculous amount of money. He does. He does. Um, at one point, I believe it was, you know, Kevin Smith was trying to buy the rights back and I think he wanted something like five million dollars which it's a lot of money for a movie that came out in 99 that you know you're never going to make five million dollars back on so I heard all he asked for was to get his ass licked by a fat man in an overcoat yeah yeah that that actually tracks you know (laughs) that that actually tracks Um, so yes Dogma is a underrated uh, Kevin Smith movie and we are going to deeply dive into it okay. i will warn you up front our dear listening audience this is the most clips i have ever pulled on this podcast for a total of 21 clips and not only 21 clips but 21 relatively long clips yeah because this this is a kevin smith movie and what we've discovered is kevin smith movies have a lot of dialogue and there is uh there's a lot of talky talky which i love me but- too this is uh, why I'll never do Clarks. I want to do Clarks, but I will never. Because you Clarks. literally pull clips the entire movie. Might we'll as well just roll the, movie. the whole movie. Yeah, we'll play um, the whole movie. All right. So, so quick question before we get started, Kevin yes. Smith movies. Mm-hmm. What's your order for like th- their favorite? To like, I say maybe your top three or top four. So this is my favorite Kevin Smith movie, 
even though that's not the popular choice, you know, most people go clerks. Um, I, this movie resonated with me. It was the exact right age. It was just perfect. Like I burned through my VHS of this movie. Um, so for me, it's weirdly dogma, then clerks. And then I would say probably mall rats, which is another, um, not super popular choice. Um, but it had Stan Lee in it. It He had a comic book. It was so Michael Rooker. I'm going to talk about all of those movies later, but it was, it was the moments, but it was also feeling very seen in a way that I hadn't before. Um, then chasing Amy and I'm going to blow everybody's mind by saying Tusk. Oh yeah. There are reasons for that. Um, you know, Tusk, I really loved the Jay and silent Bob movies, but, um, especially the more recent one. I liked uh, Clerks 3 much better than Clerks 2. It gets a little fucky towards the end there. But What, what about you, Doug? What's your top five for, for the Kevin Smiths? Top five. Clerks 2 is first. Ooh. That's an unpopular choice. Yeah. That movie is... I mean, it's really good. There's a donkey show. Exactly. <laughs> Just for pure comedy, Clerks 2 takes it from me. This movie is second. Clerks is third. Um... I'm not the hugest fan of Mallrats for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, Chasing Amy, I like better than Mallrats. But I'm even thinking, like, if you want to go off the reservation, I mean, Red State's a great fucking movie. That is a good one, too. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. So that, just for different reasons, would crack my top five. And for sentimentality, Clerks 3 would be Mm -hmm. five for me because that's a tale of two movies and maybe yeah. we'll get into it one day uh, but the second part of that movie is so heartfelt that you know I'm a sucker You, everybody knows I'm a sucker for that shit yeah and talk about a movie that made me cry for all the right <laughs> reasons that movie did the second half of that movie so that movie that would be it for me, me too. yeah you know uh, I'm gonna go Mallrats is my favorite because uh, nice. I, I just was a Mallrat like and it hit me at the right time also and chocolate covered pretzel like <laughs> like the line that spurned from that I use almost every day like how you know you all have your round the house lines mine is it's a small price to pay for the spiting of one's enemies I say that all <laughs> the fucking time like because I always have to do shit that's at my own expense to fuck someone else over so I'm like it's a small price to pay for the spiting of one's enemies <laughs> um my number two is dogma uh number three is gonna be a surprise I like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back okay I could see that just real fun. I'll put Clerks at number four and probably Clerks two at number five. Nice, nice. Yep. All right, man. Well, we'll we're gonna dig into some of that a little later. Trust me, trust me. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna jump into this movie, man. The film opens with the disclaimer, and then we see this sort of elderly, homeless-looking dude. He's on a board uh, boardwalk in Asbury Park, New Jersey, in front of a ski ball uh, spot. He's just sort of looking out minding his own business and all of a sudden he is fucking assaulted by these punk kids on uh on rollerblades wearing like fucking you know street hockey gear so that's your opening to the movie and uh already has i do have to point out that the homeless guy is played by bud court yep yes yes for for us older folks is is sort of a cult folk hero for his portrayal in uh harold and maude Nice. It's a 70s movie where he's a teenager who falls in love with an old lady and uh, is obsessed with killing himself. 
Oh, so shit. for its time, it was very, very forward-thinking and controversial. And this you is didn't talk about not. shit like that. I mean, shit, we don't talk about suicide today. Imagine how it was in the 70s when you yes. didn't even talk about mental illness. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I would um, totally check that out. Wow. And it is a it is one of the original like quirky cult movies, you know. Um yeah. So I just I just I don't know how they got him for this because he's not acted a lot, but uh I thought it was pretty cool. Definitely. Interesting. Nice. Everybody put that in your mental notes. That's worth yeah. checking out. Also well, Harold and Maud. Kevin Smith movies are the reason I fell in love with Jason Lee as an actor. Oh, he go. was always one of my favorites growing up. Yep. See, I knew Jason Lee from skateboarding magazines and stuff. Yep, that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, All right, so yeah, we we open with the, with the beating of this uh, apparent hobo in Asbury Park, and we cut over to Red Bank, New Jersey, and we get honestly one of my favorite parts of this entire film. <laughs> it's really good. Um, when I'm feeling down in the dumps, I can find a YouTube clip of this scene, and it will flip my mood. Um, we get Cardinal Glick played by the legendary late George Carlin. And he's uh, giving this presentation at a church about some modern changes that he wants to make. So, Joe, if you want to hit this first clip for me, we will introduce you to the character of Cardinal Glick. Thank you, thank you. Now, we all know how the majority and the media in this country view the Catholic Church. They think of us as a passé, archaic institution. People find the Bible <coughs> obtuse, even hokey. Now, in an effort to disprove all that, the church has appointed this year as a time of renewal, both of faith and of style. For example, the crucifix. While it has been a time-honored symbol of our faith, Holy Mother Church has decided to retire this highly recognizable, yet wholly depressing image of our Lord crucified. Christ didn't come to earth to give us the willies. He came to help us out. He was a booster. And it's with that take on our Lord in mind that we come up with a new, more inspiring sigil. So it is with great pleasure that I present you with the first of many revamps the Catholicism Wow campaign will unveil over the next year. I give you the Buddy Christ. not the sanctioned term we're using for the symbol, just something we've been kicking around the office. But look at it. Doesn't it? Pop Buddy Christ. <laughs> Come on, man. That organ player see that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the understated brilliance of that that moment for me is the little mm -hmm. I call it the Ghostbuster tinkling of the ivories, you know? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. Um so yeah, it's 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 the perfect role too for George Carlin. Like it's just there's so much about it that that mm -hmm. I love. Um, so we see Buddy Christ, and he's the statue of Christ that's given with one hand a thumbs up and the other one given a, a nice point, and he's winking. Big it's just grin. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's it <laughs> has become iconic. And in fact, if you go to uh, Jay and Silent Bob's secret stash in Red Bank, New Jersey on broad street that thing is still in there on display is it like it is you can go see it it's really cool. really cool um so 
the Catholicism Well campaign aims to modernize the church. And part of that is, is the facelift of Christ, but also a rededication of this hundred year old church and a papal sanction, which means that anybody who enters the church on the day of the rededication ceremony will have all their sins forgiven in what's called a, in a uh, plenary indulgence. So you get a morally clean slate, no matter what you've done. And that's sort of the crux of this entire movie. Um, it's a nice loophole. It really is. is it real? yeah. It's 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 not bad, is, right? Is it's it real? Like, I, I I haven't bothered to delve that deep into this. I'm just curious if it's a real thing. So if you, if you dig into the actual Catholic dogma, it's a bit of a stretch, but okay. it's not that far off. All and right. it's certainly historically not far off. I mean, they used to sell tickets into heaven, so... Yeah, I mean, well, the Catholics yes. always like to stretch things, like little boys, for example. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there, that's why the Catholic League's going to come after us, too, man. God damn it. 27 minutes. Don't worry. If I stand within 50 yards of an elementary school, they can't get me. Wow. <laughs> 27 uh, minutes. So, um, the news of this, right, this this loophole, if you will, it catches the attention of two fallen angels by the name of Bartleby and Loki, played by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, uh, fresh off of their fucking, I believe, Academy Award uh, wins, right? For They for, filmed uh, this, yes, because that was 97, I believe. And this was originally supposed to come out in 98, but because of the hubbub was held another year okay so yeah we got some so yes it would have been not long after that some pedigree with ben and i just saw i just ben. saw a headline i didn't read the story that apparently both of them blew through their goodwill hunting money in six months <laughs> 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 all all the money they got from winning the oscars and the, yep how blew. about them apples <laughs> yeah about, exactly hey listen if you ever seen their seats at fenway you know they blew through that money in six months those That's are some good true. ass seats it's very true. Um, these two, they're hanging out in an airport. And Joe, if you want to hit this next clip for me, this is your introduction to the characters, the angels, the fallen angels, Bartleby and Loki. Well, there you have it. Cardinal Let me Blackwell, get this straight. You don't believe in God because of Alice in Wonderland? Not through the looking glass. That poem, The Walrus and the Carpenter, that's an indictment of organized religion. The walrus, with his girth and his good nature, he obviously represents either Buddha or, or with his tusks, the Hindu elephant god, Lord Ganesha. That takes care of your Eastern religions. Now, the carpenter, which is an obvious reference to Jesus Christ, who was raised the carpenter's son, he represents the Western religions. Now, in the poem, what do they do? What do they do? They, they dupe all these oysters into following them and then proceed to shock and devour the helpless creatures en masse. Now, I don't know what that says to you, but to me, it says that following these fates based on mythological figures ensures the destruction of one's inner being. Organized religion destroys who we are by inhibiting our actions, by inhibiting our decisions, out of, out of fear of some, some intangible parent figure who, who shakes a finger at us from thousands of years ago and says, and says do it, do it and I'll fucking spank you. Oh, the way you put it, I've never really thought about it like that before. What have I been doing with my life? What am I? Yeah, I know. Listen, my advice to you, you take this money that you've been collecting for your parish, go get yourself a nice dress, you know? Fix yourself up. Find some man, find some woman that you can connect with, even for a moment, because that's really all that life is, sister. It's a series of moments. 
Why don't you seize yours? what I don't get about you. You know for a fact that there is a God. You've been in his presence. He's spoken to you personally. Yet I just heard you claim to be an atheist. I just like to fuck with the clergy, man. I just love it. I love to keep those guys on their toes. Man, now here's what I don't get about you, man. Why do you feel the need to come to this place all the time? Oh, uh, my friend, because this is humanity at its best. Look at them. All that anger, all that mistrust, all that unhappiness. Forgotten for that one perfect moment when they get off the plane. See those two? What that guy doesn't know is that the girl cheated on him while she was away. She did? Twice. Nice. It doesn't matter right now, because they're just both so relieved to be with one another. I like that. I wish they could all feel that way more often. Is this why I had to come down here this morning, man? Is this why I had to miss my fucking cartoons? You call me, you tell me it's important, you know? What, to share in your half-assed obsession with uh, Hallmark moments? We're going home. Somebody sent us this in the mail. Take it, man, and quit leering at me. People are gonna think I just broke up with you. Or you did just say we're going home, didn't you? Read. Cardinal Glick cuts ribbon on Catholicism Wow campaign. And? You have to keep reading. The rededication of St. Michael's Church. Is the kickoff of a new campaign which seeks to bring Catholicism into the mainstream. With a papal sanction, the archway entrance of the century-old Jersey Shore House of Worship will serve as a passageway of plenary indulgence, a little-known Catholic belief which offers all that passes through its arches a morally clean slate. For Sunday News Brief, I'm Grant Hicks. Wait, so all I gotta do, I walk through the arch thing, and then I can go back home? By walking through the archway, all your sins are forgiven. Then all we have to do is die. Die? I don't wanna die. Wait, you'd rather hang around here for a few more no, years? No, we don't even know if we can die. All right, but what if we can, and then and then the arch thing doesn't work? What then? Hell? Fuck that. It's impossible. Fuck that. If we cut off our wings and transubstantiate to complete human form, we become mortal. If we die with clean souls, there's no way they can keep us out. We won't be angels anymore, but at least we get to go home. Who sent the paper? Who cares who sent the paper? All that matters is that after all these years, we've found a loophole. He can't keep us out anymore. And once we get back in, I'm sure I'll just forgive and forget. But this thing is, this is, this is, this is church law. It's not divine mandate. Church laws are fallible because they're created by man. One of the last sacred promises imparted to Peter, the first pope by the Son of God before he left was, whatever you hold true on earth, I'll hold true in heaven. It's dogmatic law. The church says it's so, God must adhere. This thing has a papal sanction. Let it never be said that your anal retentive attention to detail never yielded positive results. Can't be anal retentive if you don't have an anus. Outstanding work! <laughs> so, a massive clip, I understand. Yeah. But what Kevin Smith is doing here is he's assuming that you are not a Catholic. And uh, if you're not a Catholic, you you kind of have to be instructed on what all this shit means because uh like to the catholic you know it's it this is second nature man like we we get it there's a lot of goofy shit in the church and and in dogmatic law and you know it it's it's a lot up front but it's still entertaining and it it's it's important because all of that exposition can really bog the dialogue down but he does it in a really entertaining way. It really like is it's, good. It's very 
uh, almost Tarantino-esque the yeah. dialogue, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I do have to point out another cameo. Oh, you uh, do. You do. The Nun, played mm-hmm. by Betty Aberlin. Yes. For those who watched Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, played oh, shit. Lady yeah. Aberlin for yeah. almost 500 episodes of that show. Oh, I forgot about that. So talk about a blast from my past. Yeah. Yeah. I probably watched, you know, half those as a child. And the reason she agreed to do this movie was to get out under that Mr. Rogers wholesome shadow. She, you know, I mean, yeah, that was awesome. And also it is funny because previous to Mr. Rogers neighborhood, she did a lot of work um, on laughing. Oh (laughs) yeah. Porn. She did a lot of work on laughing, which was like a very irreverent, comedy sketch show in the, in the late sixties. Um, and then she went into Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Lady Aberlin was a very proper, you know, floor length dress up to the neck wearing, you know, she was lady Aberlin. You yeah. Know? And she also yeah, yeah. did the voice of the puppet of lady Aberlin. And she struck up a friendship with Kevin Smith after during this movie and she 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 was in Jersey Girl she was in uh, Zack and Mary Make a Porno and even in Red State so um, I think it's pretty cool but it's yeah. definitely it's unsettling oh it's like it's like <laughs> subconsciously unsettling to see her <laughs> like, I think that's why it works grace right in front of my eyes <laughs> it, that's why it works though like there's already this inherent innocence to her yes. from from childhood Mm-hmm. And she's playing a nun, so she's yeah. you know, yeah. but but to be convinced in a conversation by this guy that yeah. she's wasted her life and that there is no God is also pretty comical. Also, like does it through Alice in Wonderland? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like it's like the kid in uh, in Fight Club when he splices the dick into the movie, yeah. and the kid <laughs> just starts crying and doesn't know why. Yeah, it kind of almost happened to me when I first. Time I saw it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so these two angels, they now have this plan to get back into heaven. They've been cast out by God, and this seems like a surefire way to get around the whole judgment thing. Um, Loki, played, of course, by Matt Damon, he also figures that he can get back on God's good side if he resumes his position as the angel of death, which is what his job was. Um, he wants to kill people God would consider sinisters, uh, sinners, and... There's a hit children's show slash restaurant slash everything called Mooby, the Golden Calf. So they set off to New Jersey, and his goal is to um, exact revenge on on what he considers to be idolaters, yeah. uh, people who have created this this movie, the Golden Calf. So, and, and as as far as I know, this movie, um, the Golden Calf character, this is the first appearance of it, it is. but. It has it has um, remained an important part of the viewers universe and, and yeah. the movies to follow. Um, so we cut over. We meet the main character of this flick, Bethany Sloan, played by Linda Fiorentino. Fiorentino. It's a, a mouthful. Okay. Yep. Me, she must be a German. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, that's what it is. Uh, she is a Catholic and she's been having a crisis of faith. And this is uh, our next clip, Joe. 
gonna burn in hell, you fucking baby killer. Holy shit, it's the Pope. Huh? <laughs> hey, yeah. talking about Jesus. You're a Catholic, can't you talk to them? They hate me more than you, no doubt. At least you have an excuse, you're Jewish. You don't know any better. Oh, here you go for that one. We already used that excuse when we killed Christ. So where were you yesterday? A bunch of us went to brunch. I went to church. That still kills me, you in church. Only they knew your weekly tithing came from a Planned Parenthood chick. I don't know why I still go, Liz. I can remember going to church when I was young and being moved. Now I sit there every Sunday and I feel nothing. I don't think I have any faith left. Do you remember that seminary student used to mow my lawn, the one I tried to set you up with? Mm. The 20-year-old, the one I could have babysat for in high school. Right, well, the point is, he told me something. He said that faith is like a glass of water. When you're young, the glass is little, so it's easy to fill. As you get older, the glass gets bigger, the same amount of liquid doesn't fill it anymore. But periodically, the glass has to be refilled. You're suggesting I need to get filled? In more ways than one. You need to get laid, Bethany Sloan. You need a man if only for 10 minutes. It's been my experience that the average male is never a man, not even for 10 minutes in his entire lifespan. That sounds a little bit militant, and you think you join the other side? Couldn't do it, women are insane. Well then, you need to go back to church and ask God for a third option. I think God is dead. The sign of a true Catholic. Sign of a true Catholic, indeed. Um, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, man, you know, knowing that Kevin Smith was Catholic and having grown up Catholic, um, there's so much inside baseball and, and Catholicism typically is a very like somber experience. Um, so that's, that's pretty apt that old dialogue there. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you have this main character. She's, uh, like I said, having a crisis of faith. She works for Planned Parenthood and funnily enough in that scene, um, we get the protesters outside of her job two of the protesters will be very familiar to you. A, if you've seen other Kevin Smith projects and B, if you've ever seen the show, uh, comic book met on AMC used to follow the walking dead. And he has a tendency to put his friends in all his movies. So one of those guys is Walt Flanagan who actually yep. um, ran the comic book store for years and years. And his line in every movie is tell him Steve Dave, which is the name of their podcast. Tell him Steve Dave. Um, the other guy you might recognize harder to recognize cause he looks a lot different, but he's the guy with the beard now. Um, what's his name? That's, uh, oh, oh man, it's escaping me, but he's the other, he's one of the other, uh, hosts on that podcast. Um, so yeah, just a little inside baseball there. And, uh, another throwback actor. <laughs> Uh oh, we got another one. Hold on. Well, Linda Fiorentino. So, oh yeah, yeah. People in your generation would know her from Men in Black, mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. But her very first movie was Vision Quest with Matthew Modine. Oh yeah, I know, I know Vision Quest, man. She, I shouldn't, but I do. She, Although to me, she, she's always going to be Bethany. <laughs> first she played and Carla. She played Carla, the love interest in in that movie. So for for those in the eighties, she was like a lot of people's first crush yeah yeah because, yeah, yeah it, it, vision quest is a very cool it's a it, it's a very stereotypical mid-80s you know it's a it's a it's, a it's a good movie man yes 
it's I don't know if it's a good movie. It's it no, feels it's an like 80s it's a, movie. Yeah, it's not a good movie. It's not a bad movie. It's an eighties movie. It's That's an 80s what it's movie. You know, we also heard uh, Janine Garofalo in that scene. Yep. Yes, too busy holding her dick. <laughs> now, now Kevin Smith actually had a hard time with uh, Linda Fiorentino in this movie. Um, uh-huh. They just did not get along, and oh. I had I had listened to the commentary that was done on Dogma years and years and years ago. And he said he would have rather, or at least hinted at the fact that maybe Janine Garofalo would have been a better choice for Bethany. Yeah, I think so, she would okay. have. You know, I mean, it's arguable. Listen, I think I think everybody in this movie did a good job, but, um, you know, and I, I think Linda did a good job. It's it's just it's one of those things, man. I don't know. They patched things up, so. Yeah, it only um, took his heart attack for that to happen. That's true. That's true. What year um, was this movie in? 99. Okay. 99. I thought so. I couldn't remember the exact. I wasn't sure if it was 2000 or 99. We uh, we then cut to who I'm sure is Joe's favorite actor in this movie, Jason Lee, yep. playing the character of Asriel. Who is Which always demon. makes me uh, think of Good Omens because that was David Tennant's character. Yeah. 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 Good Omens. Great show, man. Holy great shit. book, too. Great book, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gaiman, right? Yeah. Neil Gaiman. Yes. Season two's coming out. It's it, was it Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, yeah, we meet Azrael. He is in charge of the three kids from the beginning of the fucking movie, the hockey demon kids. Yep. Um, their official title in this movie is the Demonic Stygian Triplets, which I did not know before I did research for this movie. Um, he enters the house and kills the homeowner. And he only chose the house because it has central air conditioning, which is his most favorite delightful sin. Yep. <laughs> and of course, uh, you know, visually for you to understand that there is air conditioning blowing, there are ribbons tied to yes. the vent, uh, which is a wonderful little. Uh, you don't have ribbons tied to your vents? I do not. I well, do how do you know if your air conditioning is working? I don't. I truly don't. My um, dad used to do that. <laughs> did he really? He did. I've seen it on the fans and the stores, you know, but yeah, I've got a, I've got a really good way of telling if my air conditioning is working. My house is cold. (laughs) You're on dad joke mode tonight. Um, he tells the triplets that they need to kill a person called the last scion. Yep. Which, um, was, I think they were made in like 2008 was when the last scion came out. (laughs) I had no, no said it was great. In yeah, fact, I, I, car, I think it was the uh, the FRS or whatever. My my 2007 Scion, my brother still drives it. Holy to, shit! And it is 2023 Toyota or Nissan? Toyota. Toyota. I, I had an 08 XP. Okay, oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah, they were Those such cool are, cars. They're industrial. That was the box car. Is yeah, the mine was the one? box, and it was a manual. Oh, okay. That thing was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I dug those. So I much space they, too. I had the bigger box, though, not the small box. It was the big so box. So much room for activities. Keep, keep that kind of shit to yourself, man. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't even know your box size. The FRS is really cool, though. Um, they still make it now, but they just called it the Toyota eighty six. Um, and there's also the Subaru BRZ version. It's the little two door uh, rear wheel drive car. Mm-hmm. Interesting factoid: this car was made to be a drift car. So when they designed it, instead of putting fat rear tires on it to grip the road, they put Toyota Prius tires on it so it would lose traction around corners. <laughs> oh, shit. And that is not an exaggeration. That's actually what they did on this car on purpose because it it's a drift car. It's made to go sliding sideways. 
Wow. Well, listen, man, all I know is that I bought that car in 2007, and I'm pretty sure my brother has never changed the oil on it and still works. Which, which model was it? <laughs> it's the uh, TC. Ah, uh, TCs are cool. Yeah. Um, all right, so back to the movie. That night, Bethany's getting ready for bed when she meets the Metatron, played by the legendary Alan Rickman. Yeah. And I have another very long clip for you, but I'm giving you all the Rickman. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> I will avenge I will this avenge. clip. Behold the Metatron, herald of the Almighty and voice of the one true God. Behold the Metatron, herald of the Almighty and voice of the one true God. Behold the Metatron, herald of the Almighty and voice of the one true God. Who the fuck are you? What the fuck are you doing in my room? I'm the one that soaked it. She's the one that's surly and has to reach. Get the fuck out of here. Now! Or you do what exactly? Hit me with that fish. Just sit down on the bed and shut up. Jesus. Look at my suit. Just take whatever you want, but don't kill or rape me. Don't give over, will you? I couldn't rape you if I wanted to. Angels are ill-equipped. See? I'm as anatomically impaired as a Kendo. Now make yourself useful. Give me that towel, will you? Honestly, you bottom feeders and your arrogance, you think everybody's just trying to get in your knickers. What are you? I'm pissed off is what I am. You go around drenching everybody that comes into your room with flame retardant chemicals. No wonder you're single. Now, stand back. As I was saying, prior to your firefighting episode, Seraphim, the highest choir of angels. You do know what an angel is, don't you? Metatron acts as the voice of God. Any documented occasion when some Yahoo claims that God has spoken to them, they're speaking to me. Or they're talking to themselves. Alright, so we get all of our uh, Alan Rickman there does a brilliant job in this role. Yes, um, it, it might be my favorite role that he's ever played. I don't know if that's <laughs> a popular opinion or not. It's but. really good. I mean, he's done a lot of good roles, but this one's really good. Well, he yeah. wanted to do this, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I he, think that made a difference too. He crushed it. He brought a lot of heart to this role, which is my favorite you know, thing about him is always how disinterested he plays the characters. Like he plays yeah. characters who don't really want to be doing what they're doing. Oh yeah, he he's he nails that that um that weary 
you know, kind of like, uh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> in one word, describe Alan Rickman's performance. <sighs> <laughs> like he says, Jesus wept. <laughs> yeah, I know. So uh, he, he's there. He presents himself to Bethany as the um, voice of God, the Metatron. Here's what she learns. Here's what we as the audience learn. What a Metatron is. And it's, what a Metatron it's, is. it's not a Transformer. Yeah. Although it's close. Although it's close. Um, yeah. We learn not only who he is, but why he's there. You see this whole plan we learned about with the, uh, the plenary indulgence loophole. There's a flaw in it in that God is supposed to be infallible. Yep. And if they actually go through with this, they will have proven that God isn't infallible. And that would cause all of existence to be erased on a technicality. So God wants Bethany to stop Bartleby and Loki from entering that church at all costs. Um, which brings me to my next clip. <laughs> <laughs> so many clips. I'm to charge you with a holy crusade. For the record, I work in an abortion clinic. Noah was a drunk, look what he accomplished. <laughs> and no one's asking you to build an ark. All you gotta do is go to New Jersey and visit a small church on a very important day. Oh, gracias. New Jersey. That doesn't sound like much of a crusade. Aside from the fine print, that's it. What's the fine print? Stop a couple of angels from entering and that's negating all existed. Wait, wait, wait. Repeat that. Stop a couple of angels from entering and thus negating all existence. I hate it when people need it spelled out for them. You might want to clarify that. Back in the old days, God was vengeful and hot-tempered, and his wrath was bore by the angel of death named Loki. When Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, that was Loki. When the waters wiped out everything with the exception of Noah and his menagerie, that was Loki, and he was good at what he did. But one day, he refused to bear God's wrath any longer. Why? He listened to his friend, a Grigori by the name of Bartleby. Grigori? One of the choirs of angels, they're called Watchers. Guess what they do? So one day, Loki's wiping out all the firstborn of Egypt. Ah, oh, the 10th plague. Tell a person that you're the Metatron and they stare at you blankly. Mention something out of a Charlton Heston movie and suddenly everybody's a theology scholar. May I continue uninterrupted? Once he's done with the firstborn, Loki takes his friend Bartleby out for a post-slaughter drink. And over many rounds, they get into this discussion about whether or not murder in the name of God is okay. And in the end, Bartleby convinces Loki to quit his position and take one which doesn't involve slaughter. So, very inebriated, Loki tells God he quits, throws down his fiery sword, and gives him the finger, which ruins it for the rest of us, because from that day forward, God decreed that angels could no longer imbibe alcohol, hence all the spitting. So, for their insolence, God decreed that neither Loki nor Bartleby would ever be allowed back into paradise. Were they sent to hell? Worse, Wisconsin, for the entire span of human history. And when the world ends, they'll have to sit outside the gates for all eternity. And this has what to do with me? 
someone has clued them in to a loophole in Catholic dogma that would allow them to re-enter heaven. So what? They beat the system. Good for them. It's not that simple. If they get in, they will have reversed God's decree. Now listen closely, because this bit's very important. Existence, in all its form and splendor, functions solely on one principle. God is infallible. To prove him wrong would undo reality and everything that is. Up would become down, black would become white. Existence would become nothingness, innocence. If they're allowed to enter that church, they'll unmake the world. So, a lot of heavy shit there. She's skeptical at first, but over the course of this conversation is convinced by Metatron that this is real and really happening to her. Um, He also mentions that she will have support from two prophets who we will meet later in the film. To our delight, by the way. Yeah. Um, Oh, by the way, my entire knowledge of the Old Testament comes from the Ten Commandments movie. So, <laughs> is 100% correct. Yeah, yeah, it's a good observation. You know, it's a funny line, but it's it's actually it's very true. very true. Um, she uh, quickly packs up. She's preparing to get in her car, and uh, she goes to the parking lot to drive to New Jersey. But just as she's about to do so, she's attacked by that gang of street hockey motherfuckers. Those three kids, um, and it's uh, it's as it's menacing and funny. You know, it's a, it's a cool audio effect that every time they show up, you hear like the buzzing of insect yep. wings. You it's know, yeah, yeah, very, yeah, it's very... the rollerblade wheels, but it's it sounds like wings, like demon wings. Yeah, yeah. something, yeah. something. You know, nice. It's a nice auditory clue that you're gonna see yes. those kids. Um, and they start banging the hockey sticks yep. on the ground menacingly and shit, just as they're about to get her. Um. But then our heroes turn up, and our heroes turn out to be Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, of course, played by Jason Mewes and Kevin Smith. And if you want to hit this next clip for me, Joe. Go back to your paper at you mighty duck fox. See you again. Did you see that shit, man? I know they were just kids, but we kicked their fucking pubes asses. I don't know what to say or think, except... That you're all for a sex as a reward? Um, <laughs> that I'd like to know who they and you are. Oh, I'm Jay, and this is my head of a life mate, Silent Bob. I don't know who those kids were, but they would have kicked yours and Lunchbox's asses if I hadn't represented. Well, thanks for being out here so late. Wait a minute. Are you protesters? You mean those dickheads with the signs of pictures of dead babies? Shit, no. Me and Silent Bob are pro-choice. Woman's body's your own fucking business. But... What are you doing hanging around? Well, we're here to pick up chicks. Excuse me? We figure abortion clinics are a good place to meet loose women. Why else would they be here unless they like the fuck? Right. Well, I should be going. Thanks for the rescue, I think. Wait, wait, wait a second. We just saved your ass and you're just gonna take off. What the shit is that? I had a really weird night last night, and tonight's not shaping up to be any better. I think I should go home, take some Percocets, and lay down. Now, how about that shit? 
Fuck this town, man. I'm going back to Jersey and starting up a business again. I could kick the shit out of little kids in Red Bank and make myself a profit. Profits. Two. You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Perfectly done, man. The little ding. I mean. Yep. Yeah. The, the little touches make this movie sing. Um, so that's our intro to Jay and Silent Bob. And if you're uh, not initiated into these movies, I mean, since Clerks, these two characters have been consistently uh, shown throughout. Yeah. You know, uh, Silent Bob, played by Kevin Smith, who uh, says nothing except, uh, you know, in rare instances where it's really important. Yep. And uh, it's also a funny role for him because that dude talks, like talks, talks, talks. Um, and of course, Jay, played by Jason Mewes. Um, they gave him a lot to do in this movie, Jason Mewes, and he he did a really good job. In fact, he memorized the entire script because he was so nervous and was told by Kevin Smith that, listen, we got like Alan Rickman, like we got some real motherfuckers in this yeah. movie, and you got to be prepared and you can't fuck around. So he, was he high memorized as fuck through the whole thing. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are some I'm scenes heroin. in this movie where you will see this man fall asleep in the middle. Of <laughs> <laughs> also, to this day, is why I call fat dudes lunchbox. <laughs> what a great insult yeah yes. lunchbox that and tons of fun that's another one i use a lot because of them that's tons nice, of fun is a good one. we're gonna get yeah. into the fat thing again joe yep <laughs> yeah oh, come okay. on hey it's part of the movie okay <laughs> it's part of the movie it's on brand uh-huh. all right we, we gotta take a break ah. we're about to have another in-show fight here join us for part two of dogma and uh we'll see you there <laughs> you know anyone with a birthday get them some custom art at artofericpabone.com want to impress your significant other on your anniversary skip the wilted flowers in the dirty cvs teddy bear commission a custom family portrait at artofericpabone.com maybe you're just like me and you like unique pieces of art celebrating your favorite films comics and pop culture head to artofericpabone.com and shop till you drop and don't forget MOTCU listeners get special discounted pricing on all custom art. Don't pay some cookie cutter bullshit from Hobby Lobby. I'm pretty sure child labor was involved in that painting of a cow you just had to have. Be a hero and support local art at artofericpabone.com. Mm-hmm. 